We're continuing our study on Jesus who? Who is Jesus? 1969, Apollo 11. For the first time, man would step on the moon. The lunar craft hovered and then came. And for the first time, man would be upon the moon. We, we have seen probably news footage of Neil Armstrong descending from that ladder. And right before he would utter those immortal words as he descended from that ladder, there's something that was attached to that ladder. A stainless steel plaque, eight inches by nine inches, and that plaque said, we came in peace for all mankind. I'd like to suggest that's the very message and mission of this person called Christ. He came to bring peace for all mankind. John 3.16 has been summarized to read this way. God's care for humanity was so great, He sent His unique and one and only Son, that whoever might count on Him, I like that, that might count on Him, would not have a futile and empty life. Jesus' life is a historical fact sustained by historical record. The verification of the life and the person of Jesus is indisputable. There is historical evidence, both in the Bible and outside of the Bible, that records and verifies on planet Earth some 2,000 years ago, there was a man by the name of Jesus. There's circumstantial evidence. There's also forensic evidence. There's an empty tomb, and left behind was the burial cloth. Not only that, there is testimonial evidence, both within the Bible, the gospel records, and outside of the Bible, there are records. Josephus, a historian, not a believer in Christ, a historian of that era, wrote, he said, now there was a man by the name of Jesus, he was a teacher he was condemned on a cross, and to those that loved him, he appeared alive on the third day. And he went on to say, I quote, the race of Christians has not died out, end of quote. Historical evidence that verifies the person of Jesus Christ. It was former President Thomas Jefferson. He was... He was moved by the moral teachings of Jesus, but an admission, he could not, he said, accept the miraculous. He said he could not accept it. He called them miracles, including the resurrection. He said it was the unnecessary part of the life and the story of the Gospels. So he began a process with scissors of piecing together the Gospels, removing all the miracles, and he removed the resurrection. He finished his work in 1804. In fact, a copy can be read online. It's, this Bible is in the Smithsonian Institute. 
His record of the Gospels ends this way. I quote, There they laid Jesus. They rolled a great stone in front of the door. And then they departed. Thomas Jefferson left out the most important news that I'm here to declare to you today. And that is Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. The resurrection is historically verified. And some 2,000 years later, over 2.5 billion people on planet Earth, 2,000 years later, are gathering in churches and buildings and places and huts and cathedrals across the world, and they will be singing and declaring this Easter that Jesus is alive. It was one theologian, he wrote, that Jesus, he said, burst all the expectations of humanity. For you see, Jesus fully extended God's heart to us and he put himself at our disposal. God put Christ at our disposal through Jesus. We have access to God, his blessing, and his salvation. In Revelation chapter 22, verse number 13, the last book of the Bible, the last chapter of the last book of the Bible, We have a summation, if you please, what I call the resume of the Lord Jesus Christ in his own words. And Jesus will say in Revelation 22 and 13, I am the Alpha and Omega. We talked about that last week. Let's go on. The first and the last, the beginning and the end. Jesus declared... He put in his resume, I'm the first and the last, the beginning of the end. And I would like to suggest to us more than any other verse in the Bible, we have an insight into the imagination of Jesus. Other verses tell us about God's working. This verse captures the imagination of Jesus. As it were, he reaches beyond anything he's done. In the ministry of Jesus in the gospel, he answered 153 questions. He performed 35 recorded miracles we have in the gospel. We have the account of the parables in which he expands our understanding. But here it is in Revelation 22:13, As it were, Jesus said, I'm going to reach further. I'm going to stretch further than all that I've shown you and spoke to you and displayed. There is yet more about me I want you to know and more I can do for you. The imagination of Jesus is found in this verse. For you see, Jesus, he understood there would be a plethora of unresolved issues. He saw the multitude of broken hearts. He understood there would be unrealized dreams and a litany of crisis. In the business world, they call this risk management. You plan ahead. 
you, you try to extrapolate out what could possibly happen, what variable, what unplanned, unforeseen event that you could plan for today that you're not thinking about tomorrow. That's called risk management. And Jesus looked down a long list of centuries, and he saw the tears, and he saw the fears. He saw the function and the dysfunction of humanity. He would see the sinkhole. He would feel the emotion of the bipolar person. He would understand the confusion regarding sexual identity. He understood broken relationships and broken promises would come. He saw catastrophic loss. He realized there would be disaster, depression, toxic shame. He saw that sin would be tormenting and it would bring its consequences upon humanity. He heard the moan of every heart when they said, I can't go on anymore. I can't believe. I can't stop it. And I can't change it. So Jesus, in this one moment before the Bible is closed, he exercises his imagination, anything and everything that could possibly happen to humanity. He said, I was the first, but I'm going to be the last. I'm going to go all the way. Anything that could possibly come against anyone, I'm going to have a solution, and I will be there. The resurrection of Jesus is not just a historical event. It's an experience that brings transformation and hope to thousands even today. There's two thoughts I want to leave with us about the, about the Easter story. The first one is this. Jesus is never far away. Isn't that good news? <coughs> Jesus is never far, far away. The disciples, they didn't show up to the tomb. The gospel record records that there were ladies that went to the tomb, Mary, Magdalene, and the Bible says the other Mary, Salome, and the others, they went, they went to the tomb. And they weren't expecting to see alive Jesus. But Jesus was alive. And he's telling us in the resurrection, he's never far away in, for us in life. He said, I'm the first, but I'll also be the last. This word last is found 52 times in the New Testament. As it were, for every week you will live. Every time you feel like you're at your last resort. Every time you feel like you came in dead last. Every time you feel like this was my last chance. Every time you feel like somebody at your expense had their last laugh. Every time you said this is my last ditch effort. Every time you think in life, this is the last straw. 52 times for every week of the year, Jesus said, I'm the last, but he's not the last in the sense of he doesn't care. This word last has the idea of him wanting and willing to go the furthest. Wanting to reach beyond anything before. It's as the statement if I said, I will go with you the last mile of the way. What I'm saying is, you can count on me and I will go further 
when no one else will go with you. That's the word and that's the concept. It's not last in the sense God is saying, I'm last, I will go further, I will reach farther, I will never be so far away from you that when you mention the name of Jesus, I won't be there. What he is saying is that there is hope and there is healing. The resurrection tells me Jesus, he came so you could become. So you could become. What are you lacking? What do you say? I wish I could be better at. I wish I could become better at. Fill in the blank. Whatever you would fill in the blank. That's what Jesus said he is and willing to be. You see, Jesus is saying, I'm the first and the last. He's telling you and I, you haven't heard the last from me. (laughs) Oh, when you feel like a lost cause, Jesus is saying, you haven't heard the last from me. (laughs) When you feel like you can't go on, Jesus is saying, you haven't heard the last from me. When you can't do it anymore, you feel like you've given it your all. When you feel like no one else cares, there's one person that's never far away. When somebody else walks out on you, Jesus is always there bringing his life. Who is this Jesus? He's the one you can count on when everybody else has walked out. I remember one day here in San Antonio, I was going to a business. And you've seen that sign or sometimes painted on the glass in case of emergency, a business will say, what will they do if they broke into or there's damage or, or perhaps a vehicle would go through uh, the store window at night or there's any kind of theft or robbery. There's a, a number to call. And I'm walking in the door of the business and I see in the clear glass in red paint, It says, in case of emergency, call Jesus. And it had his phone number. (laughs) Now, the good thing is it was a 210 zip uh, area code. He's within the vicinity, okay? Jesus actually lives in our vicinity. I I didn't know Jesus had a phone number. And then I, oh, that's... That's Jesus. <laughs> That's Jesus. There's some Jesus. He's the person you call upon if, if anything goes wrong. But for a moment, it just caught me. In case of emergency, you call on Jesus. Can I tell you today? In case of emergency, there's somebody that's not far away. There's somebody that can reach out. There's somebody that will do something in your life. And his name is Jesus We have a present tense Savior that's able to heal the past tense pain to give us a future tense promise. Yes, he can step into our lives. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. Who is he? He's unequaled in all of human history. He extends his heart And he extends his love to you and I. Second, all I want to share with you is that Jesus won't quit on you. Some of us need to hear that today. 
whether church online or sitting in the balcony or sitting in the main floor, you need to know that, that God won't quit on you. He's not only the first and the last, he's the beginning and the end, the beginning and the end. Let me unpack that a moment. I heard somebody preach a message on this, and they entitled the message, If You Don't Quit on God, God Won't Quit on You. And I, I, I listened to that, and I say, there's just something about that I'm not quite harmonizing with. So I, I unpacked it again in my mind, just going over it again, and I realized it's the word if. If you don't quit on God, He won't quit on you. And I said, there is no if with Him. Because there will be times all of us have or might quit on God. That we have no more to go, no more strength. No more faith, no more belief. Been hurt, been disillusioned, discouraged, or or perhaps we just messed up. And we dropped the ball. And if the pressure is, I've got to keep everything going in order for God to stay with me, that puts a lot of that puts the pressure on me. And I've dropped the ball. I I want to take the word if off and I just want to say God, Jesus He won't quit on you He won't quit on you I've walked down that long sobering ominous hallway I've walked up to the bars in prison And I've reached out and held the hand of prisoners on death row. And I prayed with them. They've messed up. Society said they're broken and there's no retrieving. There's no coming back. But I prayed with them. I prayed with them at that moment. I've walked in to plush offices And there's a mahogany desk. There's a leather executive chair. And I've sat on the other side and I've talked and I've prayed with people in an executive office. I sat with a group of people at a table in Los Angeles. We were there to raise money to help rescue and meant to support a ministry that was rescuing girls from drugs, excuse me, from sex trafficking. Horrendous abuse they have been through. And sitting across the table, if I mentioned their name, every one of you would know them. Their family is a financial mogul in America, and their son is, is a star in Hollywood. They sit right there. What brought us together? There's one person, one name, one individual. There's one name that just seems to unify where you can, you can speak to people 
that name and that hope, whether it's on death row, in executive office, or in Los Angeles sitting across the table from some of the most renowned people in America, and it's Jesus. You see, Jesus, he just won't quit on you. He won't quit on you. And the statement I'm about to make is true spiritually. It's true racially. It's true socially. And it's true culturally. Of Jesus, I can tell you, red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in His sight. He went to a cross and walked out of a tomb for everyone. God won't quit. He'll go to the end. You see, Jesus put an end to the things that you think will never change. What are you stuck with? What are you, what, what, what's defining you? What's controlling you? What is what has become the issue in your life? And you say, I can't change it. I can't change circumstances. I, there's nothing I can do. And you feel like that area of your life, you've reached the end. The proverbial end of your rope. Scripture says he's the end. You see in the imagination of Jesus and all the miracles that he performed, the questions he answered, the parables he taught. Before this Bible was closed, he said there are going to be issues that people find in their life that they don't find an immediate correlation right here. And somebody may disqualify themselves. Somebody may say, it won't work for me. So Jesus said, just so they'll know, I'm going to be the first and the last. And I have beginnings, and I'm the only one that can say it's ending. I'm the only one that can punctuate this. And God's saying, he won't give up. You see... Because Jesus wouldn't give up, I invite you not to. He's the ending. He'll go to the end with you. And with that in mind, I'm going to invite you to take your love for Jesus to a next level. To redo your love for Jesus. What has the last year <coughs> been or done for you? What has the last year caused distracted, weighed heavy, Maybe it's the last year has brought you to a church today. And you've said nothing else has worked, but I'm going I'm to try a new path. I'm going to invite you to know Jesus. Who is he? He's the Savior of all mankind. So across this auditorium, balcony, and main floor, I'm going to invite you to bow your heads. This is the format in which we typically do it here at Westover. And the reason I invite you to bow your heads is it gives you, as it were, a private audience with God. No one's watching you. The camera's not on you. No one's looking over your shoulder. 
as it were, the only person that your heart is communing with and having a conversation with now is Jesus. I found Jesus, and he, he solved every question, guilt, frustration, emptiness, and aimlessness I've had. Does it mean I'm perfect? Oh, <laughs> long from that. But you know what? God's never given up on me, and he hasn't given up on you. And if you're willing and wanting to make a faith commitment to Jesus today, I'm going to invite you to do that. And on the count of three, raise your hand. And your hand going up is an indication that you're ready to make a heart's decision on this Easter for Jesus. And we often say here at Westover, God's made it as clear as ABC. A, acknowledge your need of God. B, believe that Jesus is God's one and only Son. And then finally, C, confess Jesus as Lord. And if that's you, on the count of three, raise your hand. One, two, here it is, three. Yes, just hold your hand up for a moment. Yes. I just want to take a moment because I want to get eye contact to see your hand. I know God already sees it. But I want to have eye contact. I want to thank you for your honesty. You can put your hand down now. And I want to lead you in a prayer. There is no magic formula. There's no special words that if you say thing or infertile word, <coughs> it doesn't work. No. It's all about faith and honesty in your heart. I believe when your hand went up, you were already at A and B. You acknowledge your need of God and you believe. Now C is confess Jesus is God's one and only Son. And I'm going to pray a prayer. And you can pray the same prayer along with me or one similar. But when it comes from your heart, God will hear it. And God will change your life as He did mine. Heavenly Father, I pray right now with so many that have raised their hands. And we together, and I join them, in saying we thank you that you care for us that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross and we believe that he rose from the grave and while we're not perfect and while we don't understand it all we believe God can work in our lives and today we acknowledge our need of God we ask you, Lord, to forgive us of our sin. Forgive me. I can't name them all, but I just know and I feel unworthy and I feel, I feel like a sinner. I feel like I've messed up. I feel like I've just gone the wrong direction and I just pray, God, forgive me. I receive Jesus into my heart. I confess Jesus as my Lord. And I determine that I'm going to follow God and do my very best to serve Him for the rest of my life. I thank you, God, for your loving kindness. And I ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with 
with faith and honesty, God heard you. Say, is that what it takes? Yes. You see, God's not going to let you earn it. Because if you could earn it, the strong would have it and the weak would be without. God's God's not going to let you buy it. Because if you could buy it, the wealthy would have it, the poor would be without. So he extended his salvation for everyone. And you're one of God's everyone. You prayed that prayer. God's changed your heart. And I would like to invite you to do one thing. The phone number on the screen, if you would text two words, new life. That's what you have, new life. If you would text that, those two words, that number, we're, we're not going to bombard you. We just want to encourage you and pray with you. Perhaps we could direct you in some way and help you establish your faith. We just want to help you take that next step because we love you and we believe God has a purpose in your life. Thank you for being with us on this Easter. God bless you. You're dismissed. What a great message and a great time worshiping together. If you made a decision for Christ today, do us a favor and text New Life to the number on the screen or click the link in the comments. You've just started your Making New Journey and we want to walk with you. We also want to stay connected. Be sure to follow Westover Hills on social media. We're posting new content every day to encourage you and inspire you throughout your week. If you want to partner with Westover Hills and contribute to the work we're doing for the community and the kingdom, we have several convenient ways to give. Ministry only happens through your generosity. So thank you so much for your faithfulness in giving. We're so glad you tuned in. It was great to worship with you. Stay safe and have a blessed week. And we can't wait to see you again soon.